I invite your attention to Romans, the 12th chapter, beginning in verse 9. As we think together this morning about authentic relationships, uh, this scripture will be on the screen uh, while I read it. But if you would like to have it open as I make reference to it during the course of the message, uh, the page number is listed for you in the bulletin, and there are Bibles with the hymnals, and you're welcome to uh, open your copy of the Scripture and follow along uh, throughout the message. Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 9. If you're able, would you stand, please, as God's Word comes among us. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not flag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good." The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. We're on a journey moving our way through the five initiatives of our church that we discovered as we prayed and uh, talked and dreamed around tables. And uh, there surfaced five sails for setting sail, God's dream for our church, that also becomes sort of a, a definition of our DNA. And uh, as a reminder where we are in this sermon series, January 20th, we talked about God-centered worship, one of our key initiatives, our defining DNA attributes. Last week, life-changing faith. Today, authentic relationships. And the next two weeks, community transformation and global partners. This morning, authentic relationships. We love each other. It's that simple. And to be a church of authentic relationships, Paul says in verse 9 that that church has to be bringing about an ending to pretending. Because it's easy for us to dress up in our Sunday best and assume that we're supposed to put on a facade and pretend like everything's okay. But Paul says in verse 9, let love be genuine. Literally it says, let love be without hypocrisy. The word hypocrite in the New Testament came from a word that meant play-acting, when actors would put on a mask to take on a character. So genuine, authentic relationships in Christ's church are to be about taking off the mask, not trying to pretend to be somebody or something we're not. 
Love without hypocrisy. Let love be genuine. Uh, I'd never thought about this before, but I was reading N.T. Wright's uh, book about the biography of the Apostle Paul. It's in our church library. Um, And he pointed out that except for the noble rich in Jesus' day and Paul's day, the average person had no privacy. They lived in small hovels, huts. There often were no windows or doors. The walls were paper thin. People were crowded into cramped quarters. And people just had no privacy. Everybody knew everybody else's business. Even before the internet, can you imagine? And can you imagine church in the, in the Roman fellowship when somebody gets up with a plastic smile and says, oh, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Since I've had Jesus in my life, I don't have a single problem. And a neighbor holds up his hand and says, wait a minute, I heard you last night. You were arguing with your family and you were going over the heartache about your finances and the struggles you're having with some children and some issues you're having at work. And why don't you get real and stop pretending? Isn't that interesting? Paul's saying, we need to stop acting like everything's okay when things aren't. Part of the DNA of this church uh, is described in this way. Very often when somebody joins our church and becomes involved, they will eventually come up to me uh, in a conversation and say, I just cannot believe how loving and accepting this church is. When I come here, I feel like I am loved for who I am. And I love it when I hear that. And I remind them, as I often do you, that one of the beautiful things that I love about Jesus is that Jesus always starts with us where we are, not where we ought to be. That's a beautiful thing about Jesus of Nazareth. He starts with us where we are. Bill Wilson, who was, by the way, our coach and our consultant during our uh, process of discernment and dreaming our congregational strategy and dream, uh, last week published an article in Baptist News Global about the church that's open to wanderers. He says there are a lot of spiritual wanderers out there. And he was talking about the reality that sometimes there's spiritual failure in our lives. Sometimes we stray. We may or may not miss church, but our hearts grow cold. And instead of the church being about blame and shame, Bill Wilson said, the church needs to acknowledge that spiritual failure happens. And the church needs to acknowledge that there are such a thing as wanderers in our fellowship and to focus on healing and restoring and loving people where they are and as they are. Let love be without hypocrisy, Paul says. There's a second thing he says, and it's in the next verse. He says that the church where there's authentic relationships will be one that honors each other. Honoring each other. Um, Again, a little bit of local history for the context of Romans, the the letter that was written to Roman Christians. Um, The Roman church was probably the largest congregation that Paul ministered to. Philippi, Thessalonica, Colossae, Ephesus, those other places probably were smaller, relatively speaking, perhaps 100 believers. But Rome was, was of course, the capital. All roads lead to Rome, 
right? It was the nerve center of civilization during that day. The military capital, the economic capital, in every way the center of the universe. And so that church was larger, but here's the downside of that. They didn't have a big, congrega- a big uh, sanctuary to meet in. They met in home groups, in cell groups, and probably they were more diverse because Rome was big, diverse in dialect and language, diverse in uh, background and ethnicity, perhaps skin color, diverse in uh, outlook on life and politics, diverse on every way you can imagine. And, And probably what Paul was dealing with was the fact that these cell groups sort of crystallized and settled into their preferred ways of doing things. Are you getting my drift? They had certain ways that they liked to do things and resentments began to grow when people tried to be different or they met people who saw things differently or they met followers of Christ who didn't see things the way they did and there was suspicion that began to grow and there were little petty resentments that began to build up. And so in the midst of this, the Apostle Paul writes them a letter and says, honor one another, outdo one another with honor. And honor was a Greco-Roman value in that culture. Honor was a big deal, but Paul takes the word and flips it on its head. You see, in the Greco-Roman culture, honor was about accumulating points of respect, whether you're a Roman soldier or whether you're a a Roman merchant. Um, My friend and New Testament scholar David May has said that uh, honor and shame in the New Testament days Uh, was much like our credit rating system in the 21st century. If you do really well uh, in paying your bills, your credit rating score uh, increases. But if you hit some rough spots in your life and some back sets in your life, your credit rating may go down. And he said that's, that's the honor and shame, the unspoken rules of that culture and time uh, in Paul's day. And The Apostle Paul takes a Roman concept of honor. And to the Romans that meant accumulate to yourself all the honor you can. Get those those credit rating points and accumulate them to yourself. But Paul takes that and flips it on its head and says, outdo one another in showing honor to the other person. Heap honor not on yourself, but on the other. So that the focus in the community of Christ becomes not isolation and competition. But in authentic relationships, the focus, instead of being on isolation and competition, is on mutuality and love and servanthood. And Paul wanted them to build something different in a Greco-Roman culture that was all about self and accumulating honor for yourself. He wanted them to be something different in that very messed up culture. It occurred to me, um, as I was thinking about this theme, that uh, some of you have been to Disney World down in Florida, to the Magic Kingdom, and you've been to the particular park called Epcot. Epcot, the word, is an acronym. Did you realize that? The word Epcot 
stands for Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. The idea was, we want to show what life can be in the future. Well, isn't that what Paul was talking about here, inviting the Roman believers, the Roman followers of Christ to be Epcot, to be an experimental prototype? This is the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus came to usher in. Let's show a very selfish, self-absorbed culture what happens when people are in authentic relationships. Let's show the world what happens. Let's be a prototype of the kingdom that Christ is bringing. An experimental prototype. A community of tomorrow. Come to earth today. Honor each other. There's a third thing he says. Verse 13 A congregation of authentic relationships is one that pursues hospitality. Now, depending on your translation, verse 13 says, contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. Some translations say, practice hospitality to strangers. But the Greek word is the word for pursue hospitality. That means we don't wait for opportunities of hospitality to come to us. We take the initiative. We look around and see who is excluded, who's sitting by herself, who's all alone, who never has the opportunity to dine with others, and we take the initiative. That we get creative in how we exert and pursue hospitality. We don't sit back and wait for it to come to us. That's authentic relationships. Again, some of my proudest moments as your pastor are moments when I see or hear of believers in this church practicing radical New Testament hospitality. It's a part of our DNA. It's part of who we are. But I also have to tell you, we could do better. We could do better. And I say we. We could all do better. And I would remind us that radical New Testament hospitality does not mean being friendly to people you've known for 40 years. The text says, pursue hospitality with people you don't know. There's a fourth thing that Paul mentions, and it's in verse 15. We're to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. I want to show you these four on the screen, if we can put up those, uh, that last slide. Um, I think it's up there. Is it not there? There it is. I've talked to you about a church of authentic relationship brings about an ending to pretending Love without hypocrisy, verse 9. Honoring each other, verse 10. Pursuing hospitality even with strangers, verse 13. And verse 15, laughing and crying with others. The Apostle Paul says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Now, um, if you think about 
what Paul is building there, it's, it's a great foundation for a church with authentic relationships. Because learning to laugh with those who are laughing will eliminate jealousy. If we can be happy for other people's joys and victories, that eliminates jealousy. And if we can learn to cry with those who are crying, that eliminates smugness. Because what happens when we see somebody stumble or some heartache comes to their life? Reflexively, selfishly, the first thing we think is, I'm glad that's not me. Or, what did that person do wrong? That, that's, such, that's such poor management of life that that would happen. No. Learning to weep with those who weep will eliminate smugness. It could happen to us. There but for the grace of God, we go. Learning to just sit down and be with others. and Cry with others. Or to be with them in times of celebration. To enter into their experience. It's all part of authentic relationships. Somebody once asked the famous pastor and author Eugene Peterson what he loved most about pastoring. I want you to listen to his answer. Without hesitation, when somebody asked him, what do you love about pastoring? He said, the mess. I love the mess because life is messy. Ministry is messy. Following Jesus is messy. It's not pretty. It's not easy. And it doesn't always go to packaged programmed plans. I love the mess. Another time, Peterson was working with a small circle of seminarians who were preparing to be pastors. And uh, they were talking about what it, what it was like to be a pastor in a messy place where real life happens. And every seminary student in the group had spoken up except for uh, a lady named Irene. And so Peterson drew her out and said, Irene, tell me what you're thinking about what it means to be a pastor. And, and I, I want to read to you what she said about pastoring a church. She said, I want to be a patient pastor. I want to be a witness to what God is doing in their lives. I don't want to be a schoolmistress handing out grades for how well they are doing with God in their lives. I think the pastor is the one person in the community who is free to take women and men seriously just as they are. To appreciate them and give them the dignity that comes from being made in the image of God. To give them the dignity as a God-created human being of eternal worth without them having to prove their usefulness or to do something good. To just love them as they are. Authentic relationships. Amen.